Hi, my name is Duncan and we are the Fantasy Football Fanatics. I'm joined this week by Matt in London and Andy in Oakland. Um, Andy, I'm going to come to you first. What was your football moment of, of this week? I think uh, my football moment of the week was in the Everton game. Um, the Obviously, Marco Silva's finally lost his job there and uh, they've, they've replaced him with Duncan Ferguson, which sort of follows a trend of... Uh, club heroes taking over as, as managers. Uh, obviously, Oli was a trailblazer there. Um, and the passion he displayed on the sideline was just incredible. I've never seen a manager go quite as crazy as Duncan Ferguson was. He was um, like jumping up and down when the last goal went in, even though they were already winning. And like he's hugging the ball boys every time they scored. Like, obviously, we've been watching Jose Mourinho. Um, like, I've never seen a manager with quite as much energy as he has. And it's not like he's only just retired either. So I don't know how old he is now. He must be sort of late 40, about 50. And he's definitely still got it. <laughs> um, so I really enjoyed watching Duncan Ferguson this week. Do you think he's going to be sticking around? I really hope he does because he's really fun, um, which obviously means I have to hope that he's a good manager. Uh, but I don't. I think we would have heard of him by now and he would have been a manager by now if he was actually a good one. So I'm doubtful, but I'd like, I'd like it to happen. And he's, he's a former striker, isn't he? So maybe an Everton getting the goals this week, maybe that means more attacking returns for Everton. Well, yeah, possibly. Uh, maybe, maybe he can be a player manager. I don't know. Um, the other thing about him, which, which is really fun, is he's really, really tall. And a lot of the managers are really short. And so there's like a big height discrepancy on the sideline with one really energetic giant jumping up and down on the sideline and a really grumpy looking midget on the other side. That's quite, that's quite funny too. You're going to have to be a brave manager to square up to Duncan Ferguson, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, Matt, what was your football moment of the week? Um, my football moment of the week was being a Man U fan this week um, with entering this week a, a lot of trepidation about Tottenham followed by Man City and uh, six points for Oli um, and Man U. And suddenly we're, we've climbed up the league table and uh, put in some fantastic performances. And the Man City game in particular was a really good watch of a, of a 90 minutes. So Man U were on the break, uh, re- looking really good, really dangerous, lots of running, lots of neat, intricate play off the ball and then lots of chances. Could have been more than, well, should have been more than uh, two goals that we scored in the game. And then, of course, when we were tuning up, I think it made sense to shut up shop. Um, and it's only logical that Man City, with their amazing attack and possession, would come back. And so then it was sort of the clap, tense, uh, watching the game. Derby, where both sides were absolutely at it. It was frenetic pace um, and just a fantastic match. And then uh, Man to get the result at the end of it was, was all the more, and I, certainly not what I expected coming into this week. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I really did not expect that. Man uh, Man City trying to pull themselves back in the title race. I did not see them losing that game at home. It's kind of totally out of the blue. Do you know what I didn't yeah. see before the start of this week was Fred. Like, I don't know what happened or how he's suddenly become this, like, dominating midfielder. But um, there's two games where he looked absolutely not out of place in a top six midfield where... Even a, even a week ago, I would have laughed if somebody had said that was going to happen. Yeah. yeah he... The parts seem to be slotted into place. I mean, Scott McTominay came back, which I think really helped Fred's game. Everyone in the team has really helped him. Um, Juan Basaka was amazing yesterday. 
fucking machine. It's incredible how he just seems to always be in the right spot to block or tackle someone and it just to be, just be absolutely perfect. It's, it's an amazing defensive man. Um, yeah, it was uh, from basically Man U having so many broken parts and really stumbling on it being quite difficult to be a Man U fan, especially with Liverpool doing so well at the moment. It was a, a really pleasing week to be a Man U fan. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll warm your heart, Duncan. <laughs> you know what? Actually, it did. I don't mind that. I quite enjoyed it. I like Rashford and Martial, so that was nice. And like you're saying about Juan Masaka, some incredible blocks. So straight from his incredible blocks to um, my football moment of the week, which is the Crystal Palace defence, um, just warms the cockles of my heart. Um, <laughs> the festive season, there's one thing you can rely on. It's a, a Roy Hodgson defence, even though they'd lost Van Aanholt, Joel Ward, Mamadou Sarko was out. Um, pulling out another, I know it's not particularly tough against Watford at the moment to keep clean sheet, but um, yeah, that was my football moment of the week. Another clean sheet for for Roy's boys, and yeah, uh, you know Martin Kelly and Geiter dragging in the bonus as well. Um, so yeah, congratulations to anyone who brought in those despite their injury problems at the moment. Um, but yeah, it's just nice to have things like that to rely on. Um, it seems reassuring, and a, a Roy Hodgson defence is nice. I like that. What about... pleased, with, pleased with your palace assets then? <laughs> yeah, um, thanks for bringing that up. I, uh, in the Phantom episode that was not released because of the audio issues, um, there is a rumour that I, I said that Matt was an idiot for bringing in Zaha, and then I brought him in myself. But that can never be confirmed because <laughs> the tape was never released. So we, we move on. What about football moments of the week, Andy? Uh, sorry, FPL moments. What was your FPL moment of the week, Andy? So um, this one, um, the, the the bit of this which is the FPL moment of the week didn't actually influence my team, but it's brilliant. So um, for anybody who didn't watch the Tottenham game at the weekend against Burnley, um, Hyungmin Son scored what could easily be the goal of the season where he, he picked the ball up on the edge of his own box, sort of looked up around, didn't see any real passes on and so just decided to take the entire Burnley team on, on his own. Um, drove right at the heart of the defence, went past about three or four players, Got through on goal and, and slotted it past Heat, uh, Heaton, uh, Pope. Slotted it past Pope. A really, really brilliant goal. And uh, my FPL moment is that Jan Vertonghen was credited with an assist for that goal, which I think is brilliant. Yeah, what a goal. What a finish. <laughs> what a player. What a player. Yeah, he is. I, I, I'm really baffled as to why he's, like, for even after the season he had last season, came in at the start of this season, um, significantly cheaper than the likes of Sterling and, and Mane and, and Salah. I think he is as good as them in the FPL game. So what is he now? He's about 10 million right now. Um, I think he's a, a bargain buy. And not only that, but he had those suspensions in the first two games of the season. So he had such a low ownership for so long, but was still getting those returns. Um, but now very much a mainstream pick. Um, what about you, Matt? What was your FBL moment? Um, so I guess my FBL moment would be talking about my transfer strategies and the what-ifs and uh, sort of hindsight is a wonderful thing. So I was contemplating doing a double transfer this week and bringing in Oye and uh, Deli Ali. And I thought, oh, well, maybe I'll just wait one more week because I've got Robertson um, playing against Watford. That's, that seems a more of a certain clean sheet and... Zaha, I need to give him a, bit, a few more games before maybe dumping him. Um, so I, I held off and I thought, I'll, I'll wait. Um, and it looks like that wasn't the right call with a 5-0 wh- whooping and 
two assists and the nine points to uh, Ali. Um, and Oye got a clean sheet, so, but, so did Robertson. But um, yeah, sort of what if was uh, my FPL moment of this week. Uh, I think my team's doing pretty well, but uh, it's, uh, I think, been held back by my indecisions. I totally feel you on that. I think it's something to do with the time of year for me. It's such a busy time of year, December, and the fixtures are coming so thick and fast. And I just, I haven't felt like I've had the brain space to to make any moves. I just kind of copped out and kept a transfer and thought, oh no, you know, I've missed out on this and I've missed out on that. And whereas early in the season, I would have been much quicker to hit the button. Yeah, Um, it's absolutely, it's probably absolutely that because it's, you didn't have much time to think of it in between the midweek fixtures and this weekend. And so I thought, well, I've not thought about this enough. It's too much of a hunch. It's not something I really thought through. Um, it, it might end up really backfiring on me um, because both players I would be replacing, are, I still think fairly decent picks, but um, just it's, I have no top assets at the moment. And that, that really stung this weekend. And uh, I have to really think hard about whether I, I how, how, or what, which assets I get in this week. Yeah, you do. We all do. Um, my FPL moment of the week is the same as it, I think it's been for a few weeks. It's Jamie Vardy. And I think it's probably going to stay my FPL moment while he keeps on scoring. I think that's now eight goals. Well, eight scored in eight games um, consecutively now. So he's approaching his record. I think that's 11 goals in those eight games. And mainly because it's my highlight because... Um, Cumian Sun and the Spurs assets all kind of did what I possibly didn't expect them to do against Burnley and went and scored loads of goals. And I was thinking, ah, oh, you know, damn it, should have captained one of those guys and Marnie doesn't turn up. And then you don't have to worry because Jamie Vardy's getting more points than all of them. Um, yeah, he's so reliable. It's so nice um, when you're slightly indecisive, like me and Matt are being <coughs> at the moment, just to stick it on, stick it on Vardy. Yeah, he helps a lot. Um, it's one decision you don't have to think about at the moment. Uh, yeah. Is which which captain to go for, and he's certainly saved my game week again. And uh, if, if, I think Gary's the only one in our league who doesn't have Vardy, and uh, it, he he's now over a hundred points behind as a result. I think um, so. It's it's the haves and the haves nots with Jamie Vardy. Very much is yeah. Um, should we take a quick break? And when we come back, we're going to have a look at the game week seventeen fixtures. Okay, first up is Andy, and that's Liverpool versus Watford. What do you reckon to this one, Andy? Um, I think you'd be a brave man to bet on a Watford victory in this game. Um, I think it's just going to be another routine victory for Liverpool. Um, with Mane having been rested this week, I think it's likely that he'll be back and starting. So um, possibly a good captain pick. Um, Watford have a pretty blunt front line so if you've got the likes of Trent or I know some people have Van Dijk and Robertson um, good week to pick them too um, I, I, I'm struggling for more things to say than there are really obvious about Liverpool-Watford really I don't think it's going to be a rotation game because there was a lot of rotation in the Liverpool side this week so I think the first team is going to be out and I think they're going to probably more Watford pretty badly They've got um, Champions League this week is that right? Um, entirely plausible, yes, uh, I'd imagine so. But they, uh, having rested players this week, I think it's unlikely they'll do it again next week. Well, I think the, one of the main talking points of Liverpool is they've also got the World Club Championship the week after, so they're not playing the week in game week 18. 
because they're flying miles away to do the World Club Championship. Um, which, again, so I, I do think there might be a risk of rotation because of that tournament. Um, like, and I think Klopp seems to be prepping for the... Uh, at least, at the very least, he's hauling players off early, I think, in games. Uh, which he's... is certainly a bit of a threat when I was looking at... Trent obviously cost me points this week. Robertson's a threat of a bit of rotation, as is Marnie didn't play at all for me this week. Um, Salah, Salah didn't play last game week as well. I think Salah's been carrying a little ankle injury, though, hasn't he? Which is why he's missed a few games, mm. I think. Um, so he, it obviously makes a lot of sense to rotate him. Um, but with Mane having not even had his minutes limited, he's, uh, he, he missed the entire game this week. I think that's his rotation. That, that, that's his rest, and he's going to play now. My theory on it. Yeah. Because my, my theory would be that this is the game that he'd rotate in, because it's the easy one. I mean, Watford are crap. They're at Anfield. And then they've got Champions League, which they're still not through in, and they've got World Club Championship um, either side of the game. And it's an easy game, and it should be an easy game, Watford at home. Um, yeah, it should. Well, you know what? They, they, we'll have to wait and see, won't we? I, I, my opinion on this is that, um, that we've, we've seen the rotation there. We, we might see players that haven't yet been rotated um, rested for this game. So Robertson, for example, I, don't, I think he's played. He's, he still hasn't been rested, so he might he might get rested, I guess. But I think we're going to see Trent. I think we're going to see Mane. We might not see Salah if his, if his ankle injury is still there. Um, but for me, I would, if, if I had Mane, I'd be captaining for this one. Okay, nice one. Um, next up, it's Burnley Newcastle. It's a rugged encounter for a rugged man like myself. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, Burnley Burnley have nosedived recently uh they've lost their last three games um but taken apart by spurs um whereas newcastle um have actually had a bit of an upturn in form um and are looking looking more like the the tune faithful want them to uh two wins and two um shelby uh looking the man at the moment and alan st maxim uh really doing the business and a potentially fun, festive option, I would say. Um, I've had him as my gut punt uh, previously. Um, I think you know you can have you can have that one place in your team that can just be a little bit of fun sometimes. And if he shakes off that injury, then um, yeah, I mean he's cheap, five point four. He's definitely involved. Um, you know he got a goal against Sheffield United. Um, he's getting the minutes as well, and he seems to be kind of one of the main forms of their attack. So I think, yeah, he's definitely one to keep an eye on. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's not a lot else I would be looking at in this game. A lot of um, people had Nick Pope in their teams, and I do, and I know a lot of us in our league do as well. And it's a tricky one. I feel like we've slightly missed the boat on the Pope transfer. I think if you were braver, like uh, Matt was saying before, if you... You know, you don't dilly-dally over your decisions. You have to make them quite quickly this time of year. I dilly-dallied over the Pope one. Should have brought in, um, you know, Henderson or Geiter or uh, someone like that. And and now those nasty fixtures have passed, Man City and Tottenham. And we've got um, got easier ones like uh, coming up, um, like Burnley. So, well, like Newcastle. So, normally I would say, you know, if you haven't moved Pope on, then maybe keep him for this fixture, but actually looking at the form of these two teams, maybe that's not so true anymore. Um, and maybe this is, this is a fair enough fixture to, to still make that move. Um, 
before even nastier fixtures on the horizon for Pope and for the Burnley defence. Um, yeah, so I would say if, if you've got him at the moment, he's worth moving on, even though it looks like it might be a plum fixture. I don't think it actually is going to be. Do you think that's fair, guys? Yeah. Yep. I think so. Okay. I think on Newcastle side, you mentioned um, Alisson Maximan. I uh, pointed him out on the bomb pod a few weeks ago as well. I think he's a real player. And at some point, he's going to start scoring lots of points. So um, he did. He scored midweek, I think, didn't he? And got an assist. No, he didn't quite get an assist. And he uh, scored midweek. This could be the start of something for him. So he's on my on my watch list. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's got fun hair and he, he gets the ball a lot. <laughs> and so, really fun technique yeah. as well, right? He, he he looks like he's running twice as fast as he really is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all legs, all legs. Um, Matt, what do you reckon to Chelsea Bournemouth? Um, so Bournemouth have uh, quite a lot of injuries in defence at the moment. Um, and so Chelsea at home, I expect to have a, a very good chance of, of putting a few past them and, and winning, winning quite comfortably. So I think Chelsea, the team with uh, lots of tempting fantasy uh, picks, Abraham, Mount, Budisic. Um, and this is a fixture to play them and I hope to get some decent hauls. Um, I, just, I just, yeah, feel Bournemouth on a bit of a bad run. And I think that's quite related to their injuries at the back. Uh, they're not the best defence at the best of times, but I think they lost Ake this week, uh, which is quite quite a miss, I think, because I think he's a really decent player. Um, and so, yeah, I, I expect this to be a, a handsome Chelsea victory. What happened to Chelsea away at Everton? Yeah, well, I think they. it was one of those where Everton new manager bounce. And I think they just got slightly hit and... The, some of their defenders just looked like like the inexperienced players that they are, um, and they they got caught a little bit on the on the hop. Just a blip, then. I think so. I mean, I think Chelsea, interestingly, seem to have lost almost all the really big fixtures they've had this year. Um, they've lost to Man United twice. They've, um, I think, they've lost pretty much to all the big teams, but uh, they're still in the Champions League places because they're able to dispatch all the other teams that, um, that they're better than. Um, so it's just in those big games that seem to be struggling at the moment. And I think that's partly because they've got such a young side that's a bit inexperienced. But I, I think an inexperienced side should hopefully be able to dispatch Bournemouth. I, I think they will be Bournemouth, I agree with you. But I think Chelsea have, have lost some of that spark, you know. I don't think it's going to be 5-0. Um, in recent weeks, they've lost to West Ham. They've just scraped past Aston Villa. And then they've lost to Everton. I think they're going to just scrape past Bournemouth. And I think I've, I'm uh, removing my investment at the moment in um, in Chelsea players. I've uh, got Jimenez and Tammy Abraham when he, when he was injured. And I've, I've decided to keep it that way for now because um, I don't think he's quite the uh, attractive investment that he was. Um, and I've just uh, put Zaha in for Pulisic as well. because I, I don't think that Chelsea are going to be the, the free-flowing, like amazing attacking force they were. I think they're going to struggle a bit like um the sort of the the Ollie effect wore off for Man U. I don't think it's gonna be that extreme. But I think we're seeing a little bit of the, the Lampard effect wearing off now and the the real hard work starts here for Chelsea and Lampard. So um I like I agree with you they'll beat Bournemouth, but I don't think they're gonna put loads of goals past them. Interesting, yeah. Bit of bit of disagreement, but you I guess pick between those two. It's Matt or Andy. Um Andy, what do you reckon to Leicester Norwich? Um, Leicester, quite the opposite. I think that 
they are in the form of their lives at the moment. Even if you look at their um, their, their points per game, I think they're pretty close to their, their league winning season. Um, and this team actually, I think, looks a lot more rounded and sustainable and better than that team. Um, they just have a, a better opponent in Liverpool. Um, so uh, Norwich are pretty poor. I, I don't see them putting up enough of a fight away at Leicester to to prevent Jamie Vardy once again registering an eight to nine goal, nine games in a row, um, and then one or many of the midfielders behind him also scoring. So um, Leicester obviously have a very solid defence too. So Sian Chu, another popular pick, and Pereira. Uh, Chilwell, I noticed, um, went off in the game this week and is now a, a yellow flag. So um, I'm not sure what the what the I don't know whether either of you know what the news on him is. Maybe he might be one to uh, to look at transferring out and look at um, Conra's name now, the replacement. Let me check his name. Um, uh, I think it's James. Is it? Because then it would be bigger the J. Yeah. Um, I, I know that Chil- Chilwell was carrying an injury going into this game as well, so that's another kind of yeah. slight, slight worry. Justin, not James, Justin. Justin. Um, yeah. So if Chilwell's in- injury news does turn out to be uh, uh, a long-term layoff, then uh, Justin at 4.8 million could be a really good short-term pick. Um, and obviously against Norwich, you'd want to make it in time for this game if you're going to make that change. Uh, so yeah, it's all less of this game, I think, unless you guys disagree. Do you think um, do you think Ian Acho's an option at the moment? It's funny, isn't it? Um, he's just suddenly in a game, in a sort of double game. Uh, when I say week, not not a double game week, but a week with two game weeks in it. He's come off the bench a couple of times and really made a difference. But he's not going to displace Vardy in that team, is he? So I don't think there's any chance of him like uh, suddenly becoming this mainstream first team pick. I think he's he's really more. He's got got a few more minutes than he otherwise would do because of the high. Um, fixture pile up so you might be worth taking a look around the Christmas New Year period um, but I think it's a bit too early to press go on that now Yeah, fair enough um, Next up it is Sheffield United versus Aston Villa and this is one for me um, This one, yeah Sheffield United, I thought they were going to go into a, I thought the, um, the kind of the awesome run that they've been on since the start of the season was slightly uh, coming off the rails, but I don't know if it is. They've kind of steadied the ship against Norwich, picked up a kind of narrow victory, um, and their their form isn't great. Um, one win in their last five. They've picked up a lot of draws in that, uh, one loss. Um, so not incredible stuff, but not, not going off the rails by any means. Um, this is a tricky game. Two promoted teams, um, so kind of hard to pick. I'd say that... Obviously, the man in form for Villa at the moment is Jack Grealish. Although they got their asses handed to them against Leicester, he still picked up a goal. Um, he's at a nice price for people as well. Um, people looking to downgrade um, in that position. He's a really nice price um, and seems to be in a much more forward position now for Villa, um, much more further into the attack. Whereas at the start of the season, he seemed to be assisting the assister. He's now very much involved with the attack. So he's a good option. Fixture-wise for Villa, um, it gets really nice, I think, after game week 18. Um, so after this game, when they have Southampton at home, Norwich at home, and then Watford and Burnley away. And I don't know if I'd be moving on Aston Villa um, players for this game in particular, because Sheffield United away is quite a tough one, especially attacking-wise. But from game week 18 onwards, I think they're more interesting. And I think... Um, 
uh, Joe from Fantasy Football Scout has been banging the drum over the last few weeks for getting in Aston Villa defenders ahead of that run from game week at 18. Because if you're like me, and if you're like almost every team I look at, which is slightly depressing, you have a Liverpool defender, Lundstrom and Soyuncu, or a Leicester defender at the back. Um, so it seems to be the massive part of the template and has been for a little while. And you could come unstuck um, if you fast forward to game weeks kind of 18 through 21, when fixtures for those teams uh, get a little tricky. You know, sometimes there's two of those players or two of those teams who have a tricky fixture. Sometimes it's three and sometimes it's just one. So having an option in your fourth and fifth uh, defender is kind of crucial. And Aston Villa have one of the few teams that have the really nice fixtures over that run. So players like uh, Matt Target, um, uh, interesting ones to consider. Um, obviously, you know, didn't pick up a huge amount of points this week, but um, 4.4 has picked up, you know, a couple of assists this season, uh, has looked good going forward and doesn't pick up as many yellow cards um, as Gilbert and also is getting more minutes because um, Gilbert or Guibert um, has been kind of rested or rotated for El Mohabedi recently. So I, I think Matt Target is probably my pick from, from the back line there, um, price-wise and attacking-wise, and, and a good option, you know, possibly for this fixture. I don't see a huge amount of goals, but um, definitely from game week 18 onwards. And yeah, Grealish for Villa, even though their fixtures haven't been great, he's still been picking up the points. So he's definitely a good option who's going to be involved. Um, Matthew, what do you think of this tantalising fixture, Southampton-West Ham? Yeah, well, it's on the GC 5.30 game, so everyone can watch it on TV. Um, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> L- lucky us. Um, I think I have Christmas plans, luckily, so uh, I don't have to do so. Uh, but um, I mean, it, the the one name that springs out at me looking at this fiction is Danny Ings. That man is on fire every week at the moment. He's getting that goal and um, a brilliant price point. Uh, sort of at the moment, this appears to be. I mean, I've got so I've got Jimenez, Abraham, and Vardy up front, which is kind of achingly template. But the strikers that I'd really love to have is Danny Ings and Marcus Rashford who I think are the template busters. And Rashford, I think, is really difficult to get in because he's more expensive than... Uh, well, he's not, not expensive as Vardy, but you can't drop Vardy. But um, he's more expensive than Abraham and uh, Jimenez. But Danny Ings is below them, so you could save money and get a strike at the moment. He's scoring every, almost every single week. Um, so I, I know Gary's been speaking about Danny Ings in recent weeks, and I, I would sort of echo his thoughts that uh, even though Southampton aren't necessarily a great side, almost all the goals that they score involves Danny Ings in some way. And so he's the, he's the man. Um, West Ham, I mean, we're recording this uh, on, on Sunday night. So they play on Monday. Um, and so we'll see if they're, they're, well, see what sort of level of form they're on. Because they lost against Wolves midweek, but they did get that really good victory out of nowhere against Chelsea uh, the weekend before. Um, I mean, I think people have been assuming that Pellegrini is going to get sat soon, uh, and their team just seems really inconsistent. And so, I would be staying away from West Ham assets right now. You, I mean, you say that, and I really respect your opinion, Matt. But talk us through your transfer this week. <laughs> so, my transfer this week 
is uh, when I was talking about indecision, I had two transfers. So unless I made one transfer, I'd just lose it and nothing would happen. And so in the spirit of bottling it, I decided to do the exciting transfer of trading my four million goalkeeper for a four million pound goalkeeper that plays um, and deciding that Burnley away, Pope was a, it was a really bad fixture. So I have uh, Mr. Martin in, D- David Martin, uh, who got 10 points in his first game, I think, ever for the club and then got two points in the next game after that. But uh, if only I get two points off... Uh, this Martin chap, then uh, that's two more points than uh, Pope got this week. So it could still be a fantastic transfer if the least exciting transfer I've done in quite a while. I love that it was Aurier and Ali or David Martin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I wasn't swayed by the potential points or David Martin, but it was the, oh, I don't think I want to do this transfer yet. I I rate Zaha and Robertson too highly. Uh, which maybe proved to be uh, a fool's choice. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm I, I very can't... glad about that because I, I got on the alley train earlier. Now everyone's getting on board, so it's nice to have like another week without everybody having alley already. Mm. Yeah, Andy is on fire at the moment. Look at his team; he's getting big scores. But we will come to that when we come to the the listener league uh, later on. Andy, what about Man United versus Everton? So. Matt's already uh, name-checked the, uh, the the main player, I think, that stands out for me, which is Marcus Rashford. Um, if you have the money um, to spend... It's funny because he sort of... At the start of the season, everyone thought, well, Martial's playing up front, Rashford's playing in midfield. Obviously, if you're going to pick one of those two, you're going to play pick the midfielder playing up front rather than the striker playing in midfield. But Rashford's actually been the one that's come good. He's consistently getting bonus points because um, he's been unplayable for the last two games. Uh, he really seems to be hitting form player that all Man U fans thought he would be if he can keep up this kind of form. So um, I've, I've transferred him in and, uh, and, and he's obviously done well for me the last couple of weeks. I think he's going to keep this going at least for the next um, five, six games. So um, I think Marcus Rashford is the key man for Man United in this game. I can't see um, Gibral Sidibe keeping him quiet. <laughs> so uh, I think that's going to be the... the Thing that this game turns on. Um, Everton could well score, so I wouldn't. And with uh, obviously, with this, they've got this new manager bounce that um, uh, led to a good performance and a win this week. So next week, I'd expect them to, to play well also. Um, but I think Man U have probably also turned a corner at the same time, which will be enough to carry us through. So I'm expecting something like 2 1 with Rashford plus 1, which could also be Rashford scoring. Do you concur with that, Man U fan, Matt? Um, I'm slightly fearful of Everton and their, their sort of potential bounce and form. Um, and as a Man U fan, I th- the thing I've noticed this season is that we're best results against the really big teams because we can just sit back and counter. We can't sit back and counter against Everton uh, unless they choose to go co-co against us. Um, so uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this ends up being a bit closer than... Uh, then people are, well, people people are getting really excited now that Man you've had two great wins. I, I reckon this might be a bit of a return to form and either a narrow win or a, uh, a draw. Yeah, I'm predicting a narrow win there. I, I, I think um, I think the the form of Rashford is enough to give us a, a one goal victory in this one. And so, as a, as we both said, he's he's the man to have. 
over even Martial, I think, in the in the Man United team. Yeah, I mean, I I, I rate Mar- uh, Rashford above Martial. I have done all, all season. Um, even if he is up front, it's just that it's a difficult price point. But yeah, he is a, a form player that's really justifying his price at the moment. And fixture wise, Man United look pretty nice now. Um, they've got a run of, of four four games that pretty good. Everton, Watford, Newcastle, Burnley. Not bad at all. So, yeah. If, if and then Arsenal. Him. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice run of five games. Um, <laughs> next up, it's Wolves versus Tottenham. This is one for me. Um, I think this is, this is really tough to call. I think this is uh, sixth against seventh in the league. Um, both teams picked up three wins in the last five games. Obviously, Tottenham's uh, three wins are in there more recent than Wolves and definitely have the Mourinho bounce in their step after their 5-0 win. But I don't know. This is this is Wolves at home uh, against a big team and they are very keen on those games. Um, and I, I see this as quite an even game. I, I see goals um, for both teams. I think Jimenez has been so consistent recently. But not only that, they now have... Um, Hotter getting the goals, picking up the, the two goals this game week. So he's finally starting to deliver. Um, but he's not the only one. Harry Kane, it seems, has has a big return at last. Um, yeah, two goals, 16 points. Um, that seems to be one of the missing pieces of the jigsaw for Tottenham. Um, so that's so- definitely something to watch. I, I don't know if I'd be jumping on Kane now just because of the price. And as we've discussed, there's so many options up front. But it, it kind of adds to to the points that I think the midfielders can pick up uh, for Tottenham. And there are a lot of good options at the moment. Um, but not only the piece of the puzzle that's Harry Kane, also Spurs picked up a clean sheet and Mourinho has been talking about the defence this week and been asked a lot of questions about how they can get, if he can sort out the defence basically. Um, and that clean sheet against Burnley is it seems to be, you know, the first step on that path. Aurier has been picking up a lot of attention recently for tactically how far forward he's been pushed. Um, as the right back, only one of the fullbacks seems to be bombing on as much as uh, Pochettino liked them to do previously. Um, so he's definitely an option. His price has skyrocketed ro- recently, but it's still only five million. And uh, Vertonghen now seems to be playing left back. Um, so don't think he's an option really. Um, FPL-wise, but I think that's probably going to um, make the defence a lot more solid, having those three kind of centre-backs holding back quite a lot. So, already the pick defensively for Tottenham, but um, yeah, I think they're going to be a lot stronger. Ben's definitely picked this up already. I think he brought in Gazaniga and Aurier this week, and it's done, yeah, it's done really well for him. He's gone uh, top in our little mini-league of between our the podcasters and yeah Tottenham's run coming up Wolves and Chelsea some tough games but after that from game week 19 they've got three nice fixtures so yeah I think Tottenham defence from that point on definitely worth investing and yeah Aurier even before then Um, yeah I think Wolves Jimenez there's been a lot of talk of moving Jimenez to Rashford but I I'm going to be sticking with him myself. I just think he's so consistent. He feels like a season keeper. And I didn't have him for the whole of last season when he was so cheap and did so well. So I'm just enjoying having a, a you know, fairly 
decently priced, consistent scorer in my team at the moment. I think he's great value. Um, yeah, keep an eye on that Tottenham defence, I would say. Matt, what do you reckon to Arsenal Man City? Um, so this is, in theory, the, the, the big game between the uh, two really big clubs. Um, Arsenal at home, typically very good. Uh, Man City will be looking for for vengeance. Uh, well, not vengeance, but they'll be looking to uh, to bounce back from their really disappointed running results. Um, but recently, Arsenal have just been awful, haven't they? So uh, it would be interesting to see if they get spanked in this game with Man City just really up for this uh, and Arsenal just a bit out of sorts. I'm not sure if that's what's going to happen. Um, I mean, Arsenal typically at home are pretty decent. Man City, I, I think it's it's not the fact that they just, oh, they've been really unlucky. I think there is a little bit of it where it's actually that's been deserved. I think they deserve to lose against Man United. Uh, they deserve to lose. I think they just they've lost a slight bit of edge. I think their players maybe aren't quite sort of uh, just making it happen and, and they're sort of going through the motions just a, just a touch, maybe because they've won the title two times running and then maybe they're just not willing to put that extra extra yard in, uh, which means that it just, every little inch, they don't quite quite finish off moves, in the, even though they, they seem to dominate possession so well. So um, I reckon Man City will win this, but I, I think there could be goals because Arsenal can't defend... And Man City can't defend, um, but yeah, um, I don't think necessarily it'd be a be a be a thrashing. What do you reckon, Dunk? I disagree. I think uh, you know I talked a lot uh, earlier on in the season about looking at what kind of a moment each team is in um, as basing something to base your FPL decisions on, and I think the moment that Arsenal are in at the moment is a very very low morale and. Not just the players, but the the fans as well. The atmosphere at the Emirates is really, really low at the moment. It was uh, terrible at the end of the Emery kind of era. Era very recently, you know, um, the atmosphere in the UEFA Europa League was terrible, and that was kind of a huge part of not only the loss but the atmosphere around that game was so depressing. And it's followed on, unfortunately, with the loss at Bright against Brighton, and this is being followed up by a Man City team, like you say, who want to bounce back. Um, so I, I, I think I see, yeah, I see quite a few goals going in for Man City for this one. Mm. Well, we shall see. We shall see. We shall see. But I agree. I think Arsenal could pick up a few themselves as well. Um, Andy, what? Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> Do you see any FBL assets in this game, Matt? Um, well, I mean the usual crowd. I mean. So, yeah, having said that, I'm not sure if Man City will, will like pace Arsenal. I certainly do think they'll be scoring, um, and therefore De Bruyne, Sterling, uh, Jesus, uh, or who, who seems to be the man who scores away from home. Um, so I think all of them look pretty decent assets. Uh, there could be an element of rotation which would bring Mares into play, um, and the Silvers. I think have, I think David Silvers quietly like, accumulated points, but he's just never a very popular FPL asset because he just gets rotated so much and his minutes managed. So I, I, I certainly would avoid their defence, but the, the usual big hitters for Man City look good. Um, and for Arsenal, Aubameyang will probably score a goal and I'd avoid the rest of the team. I'm, I'm kind of hovering at the moment because I've got rid of Sterling like a lot of people have and I've been quite happy with that. I'm hovering over 
De Bruyne at the moment. I'm wondering, is he worth hanging on to? Because, you know, Arsenal, I do think the goals are going to fly and I think I'll hold them for this. But then they've got Leicester, Wolves and Sheffield United. Um, three tough teams to play against, I'd say, from an attacking point of view. And De Bruyne's numbers, I think, have tailed off slightly recently. Do you think he's worth hanging on to? Or do you think, you know, you could downgrade from him to loads of really nice options, you know, Tottenham midfielders? And do you think that's worth it? I mean, it's it's definitely potentially worth it. Um, he just it's, it's a difficult one because you just know that he's capable of getting so many points and scoring so consistently. Um, and I mean, sure, he, he didn't get points in his last two fixtures, but then... Uh, he got 10 points against Newcastle, game week 14. He got seven points against Chelsea, uh, game week 13. Uh, he's, he's a, it's a little on and off, but um, I think he's sort of a set. The, the point of picking De Bruyne in the first place is to be sort of kind of set and forget. So if you're thinking of getting rid of him, you've got to think to get, you'd be getting rid of him for the long term and potentially being Man City assetless. Um, I don't know if you've got any other Man City players, Dunk. Um, no, I don't. I don't. So. Yeah. Would you sit comfortably in front of all those Man City games having no Man City attackers? Definitely not. No, <laughs> it would not be a comfortable rest of the season. That's a very good point. Um, yeah. Another really big thing there is that um, if you get rid of him, his, his value has risen so much. And I, I think most of us had him before that happened. So for me right now, if I lose him, I only get 9.9 back, but he's worth 10.3. So it's a huge call to get rid of somebody who's that high profile Everybody else has him. You might well want him back pretty soon if you regret the decision and you can't because you lose 0.4 million by doing it. Yeah. I said that I am very conscious that this is the indecision Matt speaking here who, who didn't get in the Tottenham assets just for this game week. So I think maybe I th- that's the bold pick to go for. You beat, I think, beat, no, beat I, the others to it. I think I'm going to leave it. I'm going to go for David Martin in goal. I think that's the right transfer. <laughs> Thank you, Matt, for your advice. <laughs> Andy, what do you reckon to Palace Brighton? It's the it's the Avian Derby. You love this one. I do. This is like my favourite fixture of the season. And uh, yeah, appropriately, I'm going to pick out two wing wingers to <laughs> to, to as my my favourite um, <laughs> fantasy assets: uh, Wolf Zaha and uh, Leandro Trossard. I think are both on good form at the moment. Trossard sort of hasn't necessarily been a, a regular fixture all through the season, but he seems to have made it into the team now. Uh, and Matt got some. And I think all of Matt's, pretty much all of Matt's gut bomb points have come from him. <laughs> <laughs> yep, fair enough. Um, so I think uh, maybe not for this game against Palace, but I think generally um, with uh, he's, he's a, a, a good enabler as a, a low price and somebody who's regularly going to play and I think he's going to get points because Brenton looked good this season. Um, Palace are flying high. See what I've done there? Um <laughs> At the moment, with uh, two Ooh. wins and a draw in their last three games, um, which obviously pointed out earlier, Duncan is mainly down to the, the Roy Hodgson defensive drilling. Um, so I think Crystal Palace assets are really, really attractive right now. I've got in Martin Kelly this week, probably eight points. Um, and I've done Zaha as my transfer for, for this game. I think probably Palace have the edge over Brighton. I think they're a slightly better side. Um but not by much. And I think a lot of bright, like I've, I've got Matt Ryan and Lewis Duncan and they stand, no, they sort of, I really have uh, set and forgotten them because they've really done more than you would suspect at that price point. So 
a lot of the uh, the Brighton team seems to be undervalued at the moment. So I would obviously not for this game. I don't think. So I think probably Palace are going to win it. Um, but I would say um, generally um, Brighton defenders plus Trossard are good uh, good assets. Um, yeah. Who, who did you take out of your team to bring in Zaha this week? Um, Pulisic. Wow. Talk us through that. Well, I think I kind of already have. I think the, the sparkle's gone from Chelsea. Um, I don't think they're going to be as uh, scoring as many goals as they have done recently, which probably will mean rotation in the positions where they can rotate. That means wingers, so less goals and the risk of rotation makes them not quite as attractive anymore. Conversely, Crystal Palace have got one of the best runs of fixtures in the league for the next um, six, seven games. So um, I'd rather have that. I just, I, I wanted to bring it up because I, I brought in Zaha, um, not this game week, but the game week before, pressed the button and immediately regretted it. And I've just thought, oh, what have you done? You've brought in, I've gone against what I've been saying all season, which is bring in attacking players from attacking teams, defensive players from defensive teams. And I brought in Zaha and Crystal Palace's raison d'etre is defence. And I, I, I've looked at him blank in the last two and thought I've made a massive mistake so yeah what why him what do you think he's gonna is it the talisman effect do you think um he's got this uh this habit of going on runs uh, where he doesn't do much for long periods of the season and then he scores one goes on a run um and I think I'm I mean it's a bit of a hunch but if you look at a, a fixture list that's Brighton Newcastle West Ham Southampton Norwich if it's going to happen for him it's going to happen then isn't it so, yeah. Um, well, he also actually even beyond that, if they, if it does happen, the next game is Arsenal. Then, it, then it's got then they've got Man City, which will be a t- I expect to be a tough game. But then it's Southampton, Sheffield United, Everton, Newcastle, Brighton, Watford, Bournemouth. So it's a huge run of really attractive fixtures for um, for Palace, and then they have a really tough run in right at the end. So yeah, I think Palace assets generally are good to have at this point this point in the season. So players are definitely going to play for them. And, if they're going to score any goals, it's good. it's going to go at some point through Zaha. Even you know he does have this kind of habit of just distracting the entire defense so that somebody else can score, which is really annoying for, for fantasy. But um, yeah, has to take a punt on something. So so that's what I've done. I'm slightly regretting not using this week to get Aurier in because I also want Aurier. Um, I was thinking of downgrading Alexander Arnold for Aurier to save money. Um, and then doing, and then losing De Bruyne for Mane, and I, based on talking myself out of transferring De Bruyne out, I decided to get Zaha instead. Yeah, let's hope it's not a, a map move. You haven't gone against the exciting one for the, the less exciting one, but we'll see. I think this is a big fixture for me to to say whether I've made a mistake or not, and whether I'm going to get rid or not, because he likes to score against Brighton. Wilf Sahar, it's it's the derby, and uh, he's scored a few in the past. So it's also a, a random like bitter rivalry isn't it between those two teams which is great yeah it's good fun to watch it's a feisty game um what about our whipping boys for this week matt i'm going to come to you first who do you think are going to get whipped um so i think i might get outvoted but i'm going to go for bournemouth um because i predicted chelsea to uh, capitalize on bournemouth uh injured and weak defense Okay, Andy, I suspect you won't be going for Chelsea. Uh, sorry, Bournemouth. Uh, no, I think Watford are going to get tonked by Liverpool. It's much higher likely than happening. I 
think I'm going to agree with the, Andy's tonking. I'm sorry, Matt. I think Watford are our whipping boys uh, with Bournemouth getting an honourable mention. Um, what about clean sheets? Matt, can you pick out the first clean sheet? Um, well, I think in this, that, that I think Liverpool uh, sent a very good chance of getting a, a clean sheet at, at Watford, who best result seems to be in a while have a nil-nil draw at home to Palace. So I think uh, Anfield might be too much for them. Liverpool to finally not concede one goal. Well, <laughs> no, sorry, they've done it, haven't they? They've done it this week, so they can do it again. Two on the bounce. Uh, Andy, how about you? I think Leicester stand a good chance of a clean sheet against Norwich. Yeah, I think that's a good shout. Um, I think I'm probably, probably going to go for... Uh, this is a really tough week, actually. I'm going to go for Sheffield United against Villa. <laughs> Round off our template defence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Fingers crossed, yeah. Here's hoping. Everyone keeps Sionju, Lundström and Trent for this game. <laughs> um, Matt, back to you. Um, so, I reckon... What do I reckon? <laughs> <laughs> it's really tough. You go through them. You've got the Avian Derby. There's going to be goals. Arsenal, Man City goals. Wolves, Tottenham goals. Man United, Everton. Yeah, I, I'm not like sure. I, I think uh, Palace's defence looks... Hey, this is a good one, by the way. Um, I think Palace's defence looks unbeatable. Uh, <laughs> 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 I, I think that might be a clean sheet there. Uh, so the 1-0 Palace. They are on a roll with it. So, yeah. I think that's fair enough to pick that out. I, I like um, the Burnley-Newcastle game for a clean sheet. Probably say probably say Newcastle for that one. Matt, mm. can you pick any more or should we, should we call it? Uh, not really. I mean, I think the only one I, I would look at is the Chelsea one, but I think I've overhyped Chelsea and they're, they're probably going to get tonked by Bournemouth now in there for now. Okay, I'll stick yeah, Chelsea Harry in there as well. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we'll take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have a look at the Listener League. We're going to have a look at the Gut Punts as well. And we're going to check out our Hive Mind team. Well, Okay, Andy, how did the listeners get on uh, in the, our listener league this week? And, and how did you get on as well? I'm glad you asked. I did rather well. <laughs> uh, I've <laughs> got 82 points, which was me joint fourth for the week. Um, but it was quite a high scoring week with quite a lot of, uh, of movement in the top five. So Rui de Oliveira, who has been, um, you know, miles clear for a while, um, despite captaining Hyun-Min Son and obviously having Jamie Vardy as vice-captain, so even had Son not the number done well, still would have gone, worked out, still only came in 55 points. And then below him, um, we have uh, Kush Mahotra, uh, who came with, six, with 76 points, Fergal Harmon's uh, 82 points, and Harry Quinn's 71 points. So the chasing pack have made up a lot of ground this week. Um, Bev, Bev CL... Um, with uh, Manu underscore BC got 65 points. So 
having previously been in second place, has dropped down to fifth now, but has made points up on Rui de Oliveira. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's a, a week to sort of give the chasing pack some hope in the, in the overall league. Um, this week, the highest scorer was, um, let me see if I can pronounce this correctly, Olwinyoni Dawes, um, who got 93 points with Harry Kane as captain. So um, a uh, some of the player hasn't necessarily returned points for, for a while, uh, but 32 points for that and had Baldock at the back instead of uh, the, the template John Lundstrom. So 14 points for a goal and an assist this week. Um, so yeah, 93 points was the top score this week in the in the league, which is obviously a high bar to, to get over. Um, other scorers in that team, um, Hume Saar, Anthony Martial, James Madison and Johnny Evans. Yeah, a huge score, a massive, massive rise for him. So congratulations. Um, and congratulations to you too, Andy, for your high score. Thank you very much. I am still just about... I think I, I, I don't have quite caught Matt yet, but my uh, the gap to Gary has grown a little bit, so that's good. Matt, how did we get on with the... Oh, no, sorry, Andy, I'm going to come back to you for the joint team this week. Is that right? Um, yes, that's right. I'm going to be doing the joint team. So we we didn't have a great week this week. 50 points. Um, Gaeta got his 10 points, which is nice. We captained Jamie Vardy, another good decision. But the rest of the team was a bit of a wash. Um, Mane didn't play, so uh, Diego Rico comes in with one point. Um, Alexander Arnold, Cienchu, Lundstrom, Traore, Tielemann, Sterling, De Bruyne and Abraham all blanked. So um, not a great week for us this week. Although the team doesn't have a sort of uh, any major... Like, you look at the team and you think, oh, that's pretty good. But it just hasn't done very well. Um, so yeah, not a great we week got, for us. We are so lucky that we brought in Geiter a couple of weeks ago because that 10 points is vital. Yeah, talk about it. It would have been a very, very bad week without him. Keeps it respectable. So for this week, um, we've got a an interesting decision to make. I think the, the one sort of standout player that we might want to lose is Raheem Sterling, I think. A lot of players have lost him recently and um, he doesn't seem to be returning the points. Um, but losing him before the Arsenal game seems like a fool's errand. Um and then the following week, Mane and Alexander-Arnold both don't play. And I don't know how it works, actually. This is a question maybe you guys know. Um, let's imagine that Liverpool do really well in the World Club Championship. Presumably, they're going to miss more games, right? Matthew? <laughs> <laughs> it's such an easy answer. I'd, I'd, let, I'd let Duncan take it. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Matt. No, I, um, I don't. I don't know. Um, I think they. It's, I think there's a slot in like the League Cup that there's been a lot of talk about where they might have to like sur- like not surrender surrender their place in the competition because they simply can't play it. But um, I think it's just the one fixture uh, because it's quite a short tournament. Okay. Yeah, I haven't heard anything to suggest that it's more, and especially not more in this period. I think it's just the one game in this period for sure. So. Um, all right. Yeah. Well, our strategy then, I think, um, we've got to we've got to look at what we're going to do in that week without Liverpool playing because at the moment it's Greenwood and Williams coming in for the team, which or Rico. Now, I don't think Williams is a problem because I think he'll probably, I think he's better than Luke Shaw. Um, he's more likely to play than Greenwood, but I don't, they don't have much chance of Greenwood playing and scoring during that time. 
Um, Rico at Bournemouth. I mean, Bournemouth don't look very good, so that that doesn't it doesn't look great having two from three out of Rico Greenwood and, and Williams coming in when uh, when Manning. I don't know. I, gone. I think you've picked out the right problem. I think at this moment. It start, you know, you have to build for game week 18 and those Liverpool players and those West Ham players going away. But I think Rico is actually a good option for game week 18. Burnley at home, um, he's looked, you know, he's picked up bonus recently. I know that was a bit lucky with the substitute. He's had some good efforts on goal um, against Spurs. I think, I think he's a decent option and one to keep. I think it is Williams and Greenwood who are our issues because we need two players to come in and we need a first sub. Uh, in case anyone's rotated in the busy period. And we've got two transfers, um, but uh, we can use two transfers this game week and one next week. So in total, we have three to use before those Liverpool blanks. So I think the Sterling downgrade is not a bad option because then we can upgrade, well, we can downgrade from Sterling and upgrade both Greenwood and Williams in these two game weeks. Do you think that's fair? Well, would you know what else we could do? to save money is we obviously want to keep um, Trent for this week but with um, once they get back it's Leicester, Wolves, Sheffield United Tottenham, Man United that's the, the run of fixtures for Liverpool so maybe Trent's the place to save money so that we can bring in a, a more expensive maybe if we save money on Trent by going for Aurier instead that would save us five point, let's say 2.1 million next week um, which would enable us to upgrade Greenwood to Danny Ings that was going to be my my, my, my similar suggestion, yeah, was to uh, maybe consider the Liverpool problem of, of just, well, why don't we ditch Trent, get someone like Aurier in, and then use that money, even this game week potentially, to get a Spurs asset in midfield. Maybe Tillemans to Ali, if we can afford that. So how, who would we downgrade to get Tillemans to Ali, Matt? Um, Trent to Aurier. And then skip the Danny Ings transfer, you're saying? Um, well, I, I love the idea of a Danny Ings transfer, but um, it, it was just as an alternative suggestion so that you could start uh, loading up in midfield. I don't know. I think, um, I think we need a bigger downgrade because I think at the moment, if we could do Trent to Aurier, that gives us a bit of cash, but only enough cash to upgrade um, Greenwood or Williams. And getting rid of Tielemans doesn't solve our problem. Our problem is Williams and Greenwood for that game week 18 fixture when to, well, okay, Trent will be gone, but Mane won't be. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you could just gamble on one of them playing. Um, or you could do those transfers now and then just, uh, yeah, just get in a, a one guy that will, will just play some minutes. Could, I think you can over plan for one game week in which Liverpool assets aren't playing. And then you've got to use someone from your bench. Um, yeah, that's so, yeah. true. For me, it's more about li- the, um, the the run of fixtures after, though, as well. I, I don't think it's favourable to have Liverpool defenders during that run. Like they, the, 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 from, get, from 18 onwards, you've got no game, and then Leicester Wolves, Sheffield United, Tottenham, Man United. They're not going to keep clean sheets in those games. But but whatever happens, we shouldn't be taking out a Liverpool defender this game week with Watford at home, and our only backup being Rico away to, well, away to Chelsea. We have to keep Trent for this game week, don't we? Because we've got, we've got a back three. So maybe that's next week's transfers rather than this week's then. So next week we say we bring in Aurier uh, for Trent. That's a nice move. Um, 
But the problem is that this week we only have 0.2 in the bank and, you know, we need to spend one transfer to keep one transfer, don't we? How much is Grealish at the moment? He's been on great form. Um, am, I, am I detecting, Matt, that you're not a big Tillemans fan right now? <laughs> he's the one at the moment is standing out to me as Leicester on great form and yet he's still not doing it for us. See, I think if we're going to make one this week, it might be Sterling to Son. Which also saves money, actually, doesn't it? It does. Sterling to Son does seem to make quite a lot of sense. Hmm, it's tricky. If we do Sterling to Son and next week we do Trent to Aurier, we then need to upgrade one of our bench players, Greenwood or Williams. Yeah, to like a maybe, well, we could do Moussa as the uh, cheap striker that scores. Wait a minute, I think I might have just spotted something. Hang on, give me one second. If we do Sterling to next, this week we do Sterling to Son, and then next week we do, um, where is he? Um, Spurs, Aurier in for Trent. That gives us loads of money in the bank, right? That gives us 4.2 in the bank. 4.2 yeah. in the bank, out with Greenwood, gives us 8.5 in the bank. Rashford! Oh, no. no it's not quite enough it. for Rashford. No, that's, that's what I was going damn for. It. But it's not quite enough for Rashford. But it is enough for um, either Jimenez or, you know, there are, there are players of that value that we could have. Yeah, I suppose Jimenez isn't bad. It's such a shame. It's so close to Rashford, isn't it? Yeah. Point four away. Maybe enough. we go instead of Sun. Instead of Sun, we go for Ali. Is that enough? Surely that's enough. Oh yeah, that should be, shouldn't it? So if instead of Sun, we go for Ali, and then we go for Rashford instead of Green, for Greenwood. That's I think that's the answer, you know. Does that work? Just check, just checking it now. Give me one second. I'm almost there. Uh, it there he is. It does work. Amazing, with no point need to spare as well. Okay, that sounds like a plan. You, does that sound good to you, Matt? Are we doing it all this game week? Just to have a, a No, no. No, we can't do it all this game week, can we? We'd leave Trent this game week and do him next week. No, it works because he, he's the bank. He's well, the both, bank. We can do both before we can get Rashford. So we'd need to do um, one of Trent and Sterling this week and the other one with Rashford next week. So we do we do Sterling to Ali this week. We keep Trent for that good fixture against Watford at home. And next week we plug in uh, to bring in Aurier for Trent and Rashford for Greenwood. Those are great transfers, guys, I think. Yep, I like it. it's a good plan. Good two-game week plan. Happy with that. Okay, well, I think we definitely have to wait on, on that, unfortunately, don't you think, until the fixtures, Champions League fixtures are out of the way? I think so. Well, what I'm looking forward to is uh, next week's pod when I know Ben and Gary are dialing in and, and tell us that we can't finish off our two-game week move and they want to do something else instead. You know, the, the nice thing about that is that we have so much money in the bank to do that. They'd have to have a really good reason because the price values aren't going to change. We're still going to be able to afford it. <laughs> so we can, we're going to make our team so cheap. <laughs> it's got so much money not spent. <laughs> they have to go big. Um, well, the, the one thing is that although you're right that Trent against Watford is a very favourable game, um, Sterling against Arsenal 
might also be a very favourable game. It might be, but I think we have to look at the bigger picture. Um, is the bigger picture that Sterling is less likely to be rested than Trent? Um, I don't know. I think the, the important thing is those three three transfers are, as a whole. And Ali down this week enables us to do that without any hits. And I think that's good in the position that our joint team is at the moment. Well, what I'm suggesting is to uh, to not to not do the, to instead do Aurier in for Alexander Arnold instead of Ali into for studying this week and then next no. week do the other one. I th- I think Liverpool are much more likely to keep a clean sheet than Tottenham. I think Tottenham against Wolves Wolves are in good form and they're scoring goals at the moment. Well, that's and not the point I of think... comparison. Though what we're comparing is Trent. Do we want to keep Trent against? Um, Watford, or do we want to keep Sterling against Arsenal? Uh, I'll move in on this one. I I agree with Duncan on this one. I think we uh, we do the Sterling to Ali. I don't think I don't like the Aurea to Trent um, half as much. Okay, fine. I will. Okay. Uh, I'm ju- I, I don't feel strongly about it. I'm just making sure we've discussed it properly and made a, made a careful decision. It's considered and it's locked in. Fingers crossed. Ali does not break a leg. Um, okay. So next up, Matt. I think you're on our gut punts this week, uh, stepping in for Gary. So yeah. do you want to take us through gut punts? So talking of segues, and uh, you, Andy was talking about making careful decisions. Um, gut punts has not been my careful decisions this season. And um, I am sat at the bottom of our gut punts league table by a little distance at the moment. And it hasn't improved this week. So uh, if we briefly go over mine, I did Gineppo and Cantwell, uh, neither of which did anything. Um, this, this, by the way, I think is the midweek uh, game rather than the, this weekend's games because we didn't get a chance to pod, uh, pod this week and do some gut punts. Uh, ben had a really good haul because he picked uh, Jesus, um, who got him 13 points. Um, and then Moussa did uh, a little bit because he got a bonus point for having a, a cheapo. Um, and then Duncan, eight points, pretty good. Tompkins, clean sheet, pretty solid. Um, Andy uh, had uh, Kelly uh, doing the business, uh, so that was a pretty pretty great great pick. Um, and then finally, Gary, uh, who did he go for? He went for he had Ward Prowse getting himself an assist uh, and Ramsdale not doing too much. So uh, all, all in all, everyone except for my good self uh, had some uh, good returns this week. Uh, so. All come in uh, for next week. And who is your pick, Duncan? I'm going to go for a little bit of a risk this week. Well, I say a little bit of a risk. I think it is quite a big risk. Going it's not for... like you. <laughs> uh, I'm going for a, a player who didn't play in game week 16, um, but I think has great potential. I'm going to go for Divock Origi at 2.9% owned, 5.2 million um, with that fixture against Watford at home. And rotation in mind, I'm hoping. Um, yeah, after Champions League and World Club Cup and all that kind of stuff. So I'm hoping he picks up some minutes. Clever pick. Clever pick. Um, how about yourself, Andy? I actually uh, had a very careful think about a similar line of thinking going for Shakiri, but I didn't. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to pick uh, Riyad Mahrez on the ground. The Bernardo Silva was absolute tosh against Manu, and therefore I'd expect Mahrez to start against Arsenal. So. He's my pick. Oh, good one. Um, 
I'll just say before I do mine that um, uh, both Ben and Gary have put their picks in and they're also backing Man City very heavily. Uh, so I think Jesus uh, went to... Did Gary get Jesus? I think it was Ben again, wasn't it? Ben, yeah, Ben's always quick off the mark, isn't he? So he's gone Jesus. Is Ben um, allowed to have Jesus again? Ooh. Twice in a row? Because that, that, that actually would have been my pick. I only went to Mahrez because Ben had already picked Jesus. Oh, controversial. Controversial. We'll have to refer that during the week to Gary. And uh, yeah. we'll let you nice guys know on Twitter. And did Gar- Gary hasn't given us a gut punt either just yet. Playing yeah. his cards close to his chest. <laughs> yeah, maybe he'll get his low-owned player uh, in his team, uh, like you did a few w- weeks ago, Dunk. Um, the punishment pick. Yeah, the punishment pick is picking a player from his own team at the moment. He's doing so badly. Um, <laughs> I think. I think. I think actually, Gar- Gary's gone for Alan St. Maximin this week, so he's gone oh, okay. very, very punty again. Very punty. Um, a, a good pick. Um, I've gone for like a semi uh, sort of wild punt, semi playing it really safe in uh, Johnny Evans for Leicester. I think. Creeps under the 5% barrier um, and I think he's got a very good chance of a, a clean sheet and, and, a, and a maybe an attacking every turn. So, Johnny Evans is my one. Hoping to get a clean sheet against Norwich. Picked up a goal this week, didn't he? And he's, he's had a few chances from headed attempts. So, yeah, I like that pick. Yeah. So, we shall see. Um, so, I mean, all to play for, uh, but uh, not for me. I'm, I'm miles off. I have a long, long word ahead. Uh, so... Gut punts has not been uh, not been my strong point this season, but but Gary's been really good at it. Um, so I would I would rather have a good fantasy team than it being good at gut, gut punting. Yeah, that's, that's all I'd say. Also, I, I'm in second, right? And I've, I'm uh, I'm only beating Gary in the real game, so it seems like we're sort of in exact reverse order of the actual game. Yeah, it's because you guys are the most punty, which in the long term is dangerous. But uh, yeah, for for the gut punts, it's brilliant. For, yeah. for for one week, it's it's brilliant, but it could all change. It could all turn on its head come the new year. Matt could be back on top. We'll see. That's it. It, it turns out that yeah, Ben Ben Duncan and I are just these safe data geeks that play it safe. <laughs> and, uh, template <laughs> hashtag template <laughs> hashtag template. And just wait wait for players to score before you put them in your team, rather than anticipating any goals because uh, we have no creativity. But ultimately, for, it, it churns through and gets us the point. Wait for those flashy mavericks like Gary to go out and get drunk and forget to make his transfers and set his team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we win in the end. We win in the end. Grind them down. <laughs> yeah. Christmas is a great period for this, by the way. All fantasy managers, are the most active are the ones who uh, claw the way up because they remember to set their team and remember to do transfers uh, whilst everyone else is out partying um, and having fun. (laughs) Having a life. (laughs) And on that exciting, uh, uplifting note, um, we'll probably leave it there. If you don't follow us already on Twitter, we're at FPLFFFanatics. Give us a follow, get in touch with us through there. It's great to hear from you guys. Um, And if you like the show, please take the time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, we'd really appreciate it and it would mean that other people could find the show and they might like it as well. So we really appreciate that. Um, so Andy, top scorer this week, thank you for your insight. Thank you for having me on the pod. Thank you for your insight, Matt. Not top scorer this week. 
<laughs> Thank you. And uh, I, I really hope that uh, Chelsea now win to prove that I can predict something, if, if not gut punts. Yeah. And uh, thank you for listening, everyone at home.